It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the bluest room in town. Yeah, the actually funny This week, as we're going to speak about an Everton team that very much adhered to the School of Science principles, scoring three sublime swashbuckling goals against Crystal Palace at the weekend. I've got Les Roberts and Warren Doyle with me. Warren, I'm still buzzing, mate. I'm still on a high and happy after watching that at the weekend. It was one of the, the most enjoyable, stress-free days at Goodison Park. I've had for a long, long time. It, it was great, wasn't it? It was good to see an Everton team play like that and perform like that and probably I know it's been said over the last couple of days probably a performance we haven't seen at Goodison in terms of how comfortable it was and how enjoyable it was for for a number of years now so it was very welcoming and it was very enjoyable to be there and to witness it and to see an Everton team growing in confidence as the game went on Yeah Les are you the same mate have you been upbeat all week not, yeah. not cranky of anything around the house you know it was it was just a lovely surprise, wasn't it? You know, I, I thought we were going to go there. And I don't know. I, I suppose the, the spectre of Palace in the cup last season, large as Loom. Largest Loom. Loom's large. Been a long day, man. <laughs> You've got our title already, at least. So just, there you go, yeah. Just get that <laughs> off. yeah. I like to get that sorted early doors. Uh, yeah, the spectre of that game still gets in your head because you've got a lot of players that can hurt us. Uh, or they certainly could hurt us last season, but they did, just didn't lay a glove on us. It was like... From minute one, we took control of the game. I think it was probably about 10 minutes, start of the second half, which, as you would expect, most teams sort of, if they played that badly in the first half, they generally come out and do a bit better second half. It lasted about 10 minutes and we were totally in control. Actually, that I think Saturday was possibly one of the most perfect days I've ever had. So we played at half nine and won 5 2. Um, Joe's team played at half 11 and won 3 1. Big Red got beat 1 0. 
Toffees won three 0 and then I went to see Nick Ellis after going after going to Denby Castle after the game. Went to see Nick Ellis and Hoyley. What a day! Absolutely perfect. And uh, Everton women won as well, one 0 You know, just just to, just to cap it all off. Ridiculous. Absolutely brilliant. Um, we we will get into individual performance and stuff later on in the show, and we will of course speak about what's coming up this weekend. A very interesting game against a Fulham team that is currently headed up by our former manager. Um, but I just wanted to get you both of your thoughts really on it was like the, the overriding nature of the performance and and what you think we we actually saw there. And I'll come back to you first on this one, Les, because I think there's you know, Frank Lampard since he's been at Everton. I don't really think you could say he's nailed down a style. It has been all over the board, hasn't it, in terms of when he first came in, that infamous night at Tottenham where we went to, you know, to North London and said to Harry Kane and so on, glad have all the space in behind you want, lads, and we got absolutely levered. And then that sort of felt like the, the sea change for a, a shift into a you know, a setup where we're gonna battle and scrap and try and stay up that way instead of playing ourselves out of it. Start of this season, it's been sort of neither here nor there in, in regards to, to, to both of those styles. I feel like it's sort of been in between. And then at the weekend, we went back to what we were, I think, what Lampard was trying to do when he first came into the club. So do you think that what we saw at the weekend, is that going to be the blueprint now? Is it going to be centre-back splitting, playing out from the back? Or do you think we are still going to be a team that can be quite can be quite versatile and when the time comes and the need is there for us to, to lash it long we are going to yeah. lash it long yeah I, I don't I'm not under any illusions really that we've turned the corner and we're going to be the blue Brazilians for the rest of the season I think it's as you say last season it was a case of needs must he came in and because to go back to that Palace game that seemed to be a bit of a watershed wasn't it it was like, like these players just are oh, not up for this at all because they just they had the habits of just capitulating last season Um so it feels like a totally different team this season, just with the people we've brought in at the back. He's got the two lads who he can trust to throw the bodies on the line, get stuck in, get in, get involved in any aggro if it kicks off. And you can they're also both good on the ball. Um so he's got those two who he can trust in that regard. Midfield's completely different. For, I mean, for most part last season, we didn't have a function in midfield. We now have got one. That makes a huge difference. Again, it's just the final third that it's not quite clicked at points this season, but it did on Saturday. I think that was. A, I don't want to do our performance down, but Palace led us. Palace were dreadful. I've got a, I've got a mate who supports Palace, and he um, he texted me asking how, how the game went because he was he was on holiday. He went away on holiday, and he go, "Were we bad or were you good?" And it was it was definitely a case of both. Really, it was just one of those days where we've seen it loads ourselves, and we Everton do not turn up. The opposition do, and we get walloped. It was like that, but it worked in our favour because we turned up and they never. Um, so I think it's going to be very much a sort of take each game as it comes to uh, coin that particular cliche. Um, but yeah, I think it, the good thing is now they, they kind of set a standard to show what they can do. But I think the other teams kind of got to be prepared to let us. I don't think I don't think we're quite at the level yet where we can impose that on everyone. Um, I, I think it's going to be yeah, take each game as it comes. Just quickly looking ahead to Fulham. It's going to be a tricky one, but again, I don't see why we can't impose ourselves on that game. Uh, I know we'll talk about that later, but I think I think we have got a good opportunity in these next few games to sort of take the game to the opposition teams. Um, and, you know, if we have to sit back, we know we can do that because we ground out those draws at the start of the season. That was, that was the pleasing thing at the start of the season, that we weren't losing those games where ordinarily, and especially last season, we probably would have done. We slowly built up momentum, um, and we can show we can do we can do different stuff now, which is which is very refreshing, I think. Yeah, I mean, with the league so tight, if we don't draw all, all those games or some of those games, you know, 
you are we are right down there, aren't we? I suppose that's yeah. that's the value in them. But I suppose Warren as well, when you are a team that's sort of where we are, there is a lot of talk about style and identity. And funnily enough, the the fellow who managed us who were playing at the weekend, Marcus Silver, he very much did have that, didn't he? It was high pressure and he wanted his team to play a particular way. And whatever you could say about him, it, it felt like he always he always knew how his sides were were gonna play. But is this just, you know, to, to go back to what Les said there, you know, is this just a case of we are a team that is hopefully going to be in mid-table this season. We're going to play about the same amount of teams that are better than us, that are worse than us. And as a result, we're going to have to adapt our style and the way in which we play quite frequently. <laughs> and, you know, there's not really necessarily anything wrong with that really going forward. No, no not at all. You, you adapt. I think that's the skill of any football manager in any game no matter how good or bad you're and different you are, it's to adapt to each individual game and how you can go about managing your team to come out of that game as you know as best as possible. When I was listening to Les talk then my mind went back to last season. And there's a few games that come to mind, you know, where we were we we just couldn't have performed like what we did yesterday. And we did have to go back to a bit back to basic style really to, to go in to get the points we needed. And what what I've been impressed with this season is we've come up obviously against better teams than us, and particularly in the three games that the one of three defeats we had, we couldn't really play like we did on Saturday against those teams because we are not there yet. But the impressive thing for me this season is even in defeats and even in some of the draws we've had, for me, I think we've been competitive in every game. I think we've been, even if we've not been the best team, we've been at least competitive. An example of that being the Tottenham game in the first half, I thought we played really well without offering much in the way of anything in the final third, but we still had chances. And if we'd taken them chances, who knows what the outcome could have been on a different day. We might have you know, done what Newcastle did at the weekend, for instance. But I think that, that for me, Saturday was a culmination in the first real game for me where we've seen the fact that we've given a manager an opportunity, not just six months, we've given a manager you know, time, pre-season, a transfer window to mould the team in, in his image. And there's still a long way to go on that. It absolutely is. I mean, we're, we're still lacking, I think, that player between the link between the midfield and the attack to create those chances that we need, especially away from home. But could you envisage that performance and that result? I know we had the Leeds game last year, but they were on a similar run and a similar team to us last year. But could you envisage that that performance last season and that and that result? No way. It just was never happening. So for us to go from where we were last year to put on a performance like that, for me, is hugely encouraging. And we we are going to go on or we are going to have weekends where we struggle or we're not going to be as good. But I can't think of a game this season where they haven't given us 100% or they haven't been competitive. And if you'd have asked me for that last season, Going into this season, what would you most want? I would have absolutely bit your hand off for a competitive Everton side in this league that can beat teams, like you said there, Matt, teams who are no worse than us, but are no better than us and, and to get results. And that's what we seem to be doing. And that's what I hope we can continue to do. And I think Palace is evidence that we can do that as the season goes on. Yeah, I just, just want to pick up on a couple of things there that uh, I think is dead important for everyone to keep in mind. First off, you, Matt, saying we'll finish mid-table. That's got to be where we're aiming. I know it'd be nice to get into Europe, but Christ, just get 12th, something like that. Incremental steps, let's not get ahead of ourselves. So just temper our expectations there. And Warren's saying that we've been competitive in every game. Now, I know 
Man United was very disappointing. Um, Tottenham was to a degree, but we were in the game. I honestly thought we'd get a wallop about 4-0 and that, because that's usually how it goes down there. But, you know, we were pretty much in the game until they scored, until that penalty, and then we're chasing it, and then they, they get the second. Newcastle, I don't want to talk about expected losses, but it's another one of them. Look at those three games. You know, they're not the games that are going to really define our season. We just need to be dead predictable. Beat Southampton like we have done. Beat West Ham like we have done. Beat Palace like we have done. Maybe get a point of Fulham like we got a point against Liverpool. Pick up those points away like at Brentford. Points like that. Pick up those points away at the clubs who are going to be in and around us. Maybe nick a point or two off those teams in the top six. It's very depressing, we moise, but that's all you need to be. To be any good in this division, and not without trouble in the top, because we're not going to be there. To be any sort of reasonable team in this division, you've just got to beat the fodder from like the other 14, haven't you? Um, the teams in and around you. And that that's where we pick up points. And that's what we've done since West Ham. You know, we've considered we've got three wins there from three teams we, we should be beating and we have done. Um so I, I think, yeah, I think it's it's going it's going quite well at the minute, I think. Um and that that's where we are, and that's just gotta be our expectations, I think. Yeah, and if, if you if you beat teams that are around you and below you at Goodison and you score, you know, listen, every time you play a team, you know, you know, in the other 40 years, as you put it there, Les, we're not going to win two or three nil every time they come to Goodison Park. But if you do play like that and you have four, five, six of them a season, then, you know, we, we've all just done it there. We look back on those three results we've just had before that game. And as much as I was fuming after Newcastle and fuming after, after United in particular, now all of a sudden you can you can look at those and take a bit more positive things from each of them, can't you? And say, well, yeah, we were actually competitive. We were only a goal away from getting a result in each of those games. But I mean, whatever Saturday was and, and whatever it means going forward, it, it was a, a great performance and it was capped off by by three very different but um, equally wonderful goals. Um, it's it's difficult to know where to start, really, Warren, because there's, there's so many talking points, so many standouts. Um, but I think we, I think I, I want to go straight to our number nine, the, the player that has been, you know, absent from the majority of the season. The player who I imagine if he was fully fit over the last eighteen months, we potentially wouldn't have had that brush of relegation last season and probably be a bit higher up this year. And that's that's Dominic Carvert Lewin and Dominic Carvert Lewin as well. I have to say, scoring a very un-Dominic Calvert Lewin goal, and and in a team that's maybe not got the creativity as it has in the past when he was at his best. To see him carving out chances for himself, I imagine would have been hugely encouraging for Frank Lampard. Yeah, he looked like he enjoyed it. He looked like he enjoyed, it looked like it wasn't a struggle for him on Saturday, and he looked like he enjoyed the hard work. And he looked like he was up for the battle. He looked like he was up for the, the contest. And perhaps we haven't seen that as much. A lot down to injury, of course, but we haven't seen that as much probably in games that he's been involved in, because it is. It must have been difficult for him to have the setbacks he's had to get so close to being fit and. Probably in the back of his mind as well. He's probably thought to himself, do you know what? I was an England international and I was very much in that squad. And now, you know, if he'd been fit, I think he would have been a shivering for, for that squad going going to the World Cup at Christmas time. So he's probably, he's had a lot to go through, but it was just really nice to see uh, an Everton striker competing, battling, scrapping. But also technically really good. I thought he had a really good game on Saturday. I thought his hold-up play in particular was good. His link-up play was very good. And he offers us something that we probably missed at the start of this season. Is yes, we've got that out ball and that target ball. But I think he's more than that. I think he is more of a, 
a link player than we give him credit for, you know, linking that midfield and, and attack together. And that was summarised as well by the, the first goal. I mean, he, he did brilliantly to win the ball back in the Crystal Palace, um, you know, ran by their area. And obviously Alex Arodi does brilliant as he has done all season. But for him to, to have the confidence and, and to, you know, the, the, what was it? To, to make the defender look like he ran into a patio door the way he yeah. did that. That credit, was um, credit Mark O'Brien for that one. Yeah, yeah credit Mark O'Brien definitely for that comment. But it was it was proper centre forward play. It was aggressive. It was um, you know, it was it was a great position he got himself into. He won the ball back for us. Everything you want to see in a number nine and everything you want to see out of an Everett player. So credit to him now, his challenge is now can he maintain this and can he stay fit? Because if he stays fit. It gives us a good run of games from now, you know, even towards the end of the season, then we are going to have a very decent season with a very capable striker. Yeah, just one other moment, which other than obviously the goal, Les, that I thought was really good, was that, and I haven't seen this back since, yeah, and it was closer to your end, so you'll probably be able to tell me a bit more about it. But I think when Dom has played, certainly since he came back at the start of last year, he's always looked to me a little bit like someone who's maybe not quite as willing to to fling himself into tackles and maybe he's a little bit wary about his, his body breaking down again. But there's a moment sort of in the second half, there's a bouncing ball at the park end on the edge of the box and you see him in that, that yard dog Anderson. Oh, yeah. It, and you're thinking, oh no, there's going to be a, a massive clash here. And you're sort of expecting one of them to back out, but they, they both went in for and it looked a bit like Anderson sort of did a fly in the clothesline on Dom, but you know, I've not, I've not seen it back since. But that, that in itself is not something that a forward or, or any footballer does if they're concerned about getting hurt or concerned about their own body. And I think that aspect of his game was back at the weekend as well. He, he was really aggressive in everything he did and really physical. And listen, Cavalier's become a goal scorer. Of course, we all know that. But when you've got that side of his game as well, when he is bullying defenders and willing to put himself about, he's a completely different proposition, isn't he? Yeah, I think that was, that was a big thing at the weekend, as you say, when he goes in for challenges like that and he doesn't back out. It's like, okay, his head's in the right place. You know, if his body breaks down, that's another matter, but at least he's going in for stuff like that. And I think it shows how much of a hard time you give the two of that back four, the fact that they were flying and something like that. There was one on the halfway line as well, where he got absolutely clattered just before Gordon got um, taken out by Zahar. Um, so you can see if defenders are doing that to him, sort of out of necessity, because he's really doing their heads and because he's bullying them, it's... It's a good sign, isn't it? We've not seen that for a long time. I know he was out most of the last season, but even sort of under Ancelotti, he became a different player, didn't he? Where he was that sort of six-yard box player and kind of didn't do as much of that bullying. I think if he can do both now, you know, and he can stay fit, that's the big thing, isn't it? You know, he could become one of those one in three players where he's just not fit, but hopefully he'll stay fit and he'll get back to his best where he can bully defenders like that because it's a huge asset. And, you know, if you've got that to aim for up front, you're doing well. You get players around him like we did at the weekend. He didn't look isolated. He was coming back quite a lot as well, looking for the ball, but he, he didn't look isolated. It was like, it was just a really good team performance, wasn't it? And everyone backed him up um, and sort of played off and played to his strengths. And, and you could tell that he enjoyed it. But yeah, to, to give those two defenders, because they were big lads that are centre halves, to give them a torrid time and to have the confidence to do things like that little dink round for the goal. You know, that was, that was an outrageous bit of skill, that. It doesn't, you know, it's the sort of thing you do on the training ground to like take the piss out of each other. To do that in a match in like the was it like the first 20 minutes? Yeah, 13 minutes it was, yeah. Yeah, you know, to do that so early on in a match, 
It's just, it's just really good to see. So hopefully, you know, his confidence is back up. Just get Tom Davis back on the side now and I'll be dead happy. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But I mean, he, he has got that that technique. You know, he boasts mentioned there. He's, he's a good footballer. You know, you've seen him bring the ball down in tight situations and spin off defenders and bring other people into play like 30 yards from goal. But you don't really see it often in the area, do you, where he's doing mm. stuff like that at the weekend, which is knocking it past and having a shot. But Listen, if you can get more from that from him, then he is going to be dead hard to contain. And the other player that I wanted to single out, I mean, we could talk about Alex Iwobi all day. We have done all season. McNeil, Garner and Leonardo, fantastic two centre-backs. But, but Warren, Seamus Coleman, we were all quite worried when he came back into the side. I was, I was very worried after the United game, thinking, oh no, there's a lad who looks like he's quite leggy now. But I thought he looked sharp at the weekend. I thought he, you know, he, he was in the battle, wasn't he? He was getting everybody's faces. Um and of course, he just adds Wilfred Zahar off like he has done time after time after time down the years to the point where Zahar's diving, trying to get penalties, elbowing at me Gordon in the head and, and causing a, a ruckus, which somehow Everton had been charged for today, I saw as well, uh, for not controlling the players. But um, but yeah, rolled back the years, didn't he? And listen, Nathan Patterson's potentially back this weekend. I don't know what Lampard does there, but if Coleman's dropped in every now and then between now and the end of the season, then I think he's shown he can still do a fairly decent job, if not an excellent job like he did at the weekend. He was fantastic away at Southampton as well. He was our best player that day for me as well. You know, people talk about his age and his longevity and I think what's gone against him in the last few years is we haven't had someone to bring in when he hasn't been playing well. And you can see there's a freshness about him because he knows he's not the one who's relied on. And I think if probably if he's honest with himself, he knows he can't do the 30, 40 games a season anymore. But if we can get 20, 25 games out of him and he can perform like that, he can go on for another season if he, if he can play like that. And I thought, again, yeah, he was outstanding. I heard you on post-match on Saturday say about how Zaha just didn't get a sniff. And I think he's a tricky player, Zaha. I mean, you know, this is a fella who's gone to City away in the past few years and dominated them and, and got wins for Palace away from home against, you know, some of the top teams. So he's no slouch and he's a, he's a you know, he's a, he's a, Good, skillful pro in himself. And James Coleman's just down the years has absolutely had them in his pocket. So it was brilliant to see. For me, going on to talk about, you know, Nathan Patson coming back. I mean, it's no secret how big a fan of Patson I am, but I would throw him straight back in personally, just because I think you want to keep Coleman now as that player who you bring in if there's an injury or, you know, cup games, that type of thing. I don't think he should be a regular. And the reason being is when we do need him, we want to keep him fresh like he's been the last few games. But certainly, you know, he rolled back the years, as you're saying, forward still as well and in people's faces. And he's got a bit of that narkiness about him again, which probably is helped by having, you know, the other two at the back alongside. And I think they've made a massive difference. But, you know, just quickly, I know you asked about Coleman, just touching on the back four. I think they've revolutionised us this season. Um, and I, I will hold my hand up and say, you know, I got it wrong about Conor Cody. I didn't think he was going to be as good as he has been. Tarkovsky, yes, he's always been solid, but could we really see the best out of him? Would he really step up and, and help us that much? And for me, he was my man of the match Saturday, Tarkovsky. I know Awobi did amazing, but I just think Coleman's benefiting a lot more from having that you know, solid back four with him or whatever system it is. Because, you know, he... He has been the fall guy in the past few years when things have gone wrong. He's going to be his captain. And when he's not played well, he's he's, he's never hidden away, has he? But yeah, I, I would, I thought he was outstanding. I thought he was outstanding, but I would 
throw Nathan Batson back in because I think that's Coleman's role now, come in when you need it, but you're not a regular. I think the best thing for me about his performance because we know we know how he loves getting stuck in and, and stuff like that, and, and he's like kryptonite for Zahar at times, but I think the best thing for me was he used the ball really well because a lot of the times it's like the ball just goes to die at Seamus Coleman, doesn't it? But at the weekend, I think it was as much down to the support that he had as well. He was never, apart from a couple of times where he did some really crazy skills that I don't think anyone could repeat where he sort of doing like 360 pirouettes and the ball's going through his legs on a halfway line and he comes out with it but I think for most part in the game he was getting lots of support for that easy out ball he wasn't having to think too much about what he was going to do with it and that's important for a player like him because you know he's 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 one of those like proper squash squash buckling players but he's not technically the most gifted he kind of he seems to do things instinctively when he does stuff and it comes off, it's, it's just instinct. When he's got to think about things, you can see a little bit of panic setting. Um, so when he's got player support and giving him those like easy out balls or not, not necessarily easy, but the right out ball, it takes that decision making away from him and it, it gets the best out of him again. So I think there's a lot of credit to the whole team for the performance as well there. Yeah, I think it. I imagine Zahar must be so annoyed by him because you must look at him and think, you're not that strong you know you're not physically big you're not that quick you're not really skillful you know you're 34 you must go into every game against Coleman in recent years thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna roast you everywhere because like it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a contest should it yeah, really you, put them, you put them together on FIFA it'll be you know do you know what I mean it's like yeah. Zahar, like all this you know 10 out of 10 skill and you know all these abilities and Coleman's like really slow and stuff like that. You'd be able to just breeze right past him. But every game, he just sort of seems to find a way. And I think I was thinking about this in that game at the weekend because there's like, there's that mad moment in the first half. I don't know if you've if you lads fought this where we got a free kick right on the spot where Carvalho scored against Palace mm. yeah. um, to make it 3-2 back, back in May. And I was thinking about that. And, I, I, you know, I think one of the things about that night that goes forgotten is that Coleman wins that free kick by taking the ball off Zahar and just being more determined and more desperate and just being horrible to get off the ball. And, he, and Zahar drags him down and we get the free kick and obviously we score from it. And it just sort of, I think that, what happened in May, sort of epitomised his performance at the weekend quite a lot as well. I think he's just more determined and probably, you know, probably goes a bit underrated in regards to how intelligent a defender he's become later in his career. So I was absolutely made up for him. In that sense as well, um, and yeah, it was it was marvelous. And listen, we've got to talk about the fair goal and that flick, lads, haven't we as well? Um, I mean, Warren, Alex, Alex Roby, it's just it's just ridiculous now, isn't it? You know, to mention FIFA there, that was that was like, you know, FIFA sort of goal, wasn't it? Could, and the mad thing about it for me was that as soon as Dwight McNeil played it to him and he makes that run off to the left, you can all you can see in your head what's going to happen a couple of seconds later, and. Listen, I, I, I said on post-match, I don't think it was his best all-round game of the season, which is mad to say when he's come away with, with two assists. But I think to try that and execute it is just a measure of the confidence that the lads play with at the moment, isn't it? It is. And I urge you lads to talk about what was the best goal. And I know each individual goal, with everyone was disagreeing because one person thought the first goal was the best, someone else said the second goal. For me, the third goal edged it. I think if Michalenko would have scored the second and it not being saved, I think that would have been obviously a brilliant goal because it was such a good team team goal. Goes up there like Larissa that one, doesn't it? The second one. Yeah, 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 it would have been it would have been an absolutely you know lovely move to cap off. And again, you know, going back to what I said earlier, could you imagine us playing football like that last season? Not a chance. But for me, the third goal was the best, just because you've got a player there in McNeil who 
let's have it right. He hasn't had the best of starts. I don't think it's all his fault. I think he's still settling in. But to have, it, I think it showed the confidence inside. And I think it showed when you tune up, you can try something and you can do it without, without that fear. But for him to take on the players he did, and I don't think Palace defended it well at all. He let him sort of run through, but he's still got to dribble it past them. And for all I'm a fan of, of Gordon and Gray, I don't think they've been our best players in the last few weeks and I haven't seen them. Want, I almost want them to take on players more because I think they've got the ability to do that. So it was nice for Gray to come on and see him use a bit of skill to, to dribble into the into the box. And it was a lovely pass, and it was a great pass, but then Awobi gets it. And like you said, Matt, you knew straight away. You could see it before it happened. But I think Everton in the past few years, we've not been great in the final third, and we've not done that final pass well. And I think he could have been forgiven Awobi for trying to get on the score sheet himself, but such is his confidence at the minute as well, and the way he's performing. It was absolutely class. And, you know, I heard people saying about it reminds me of Gucci for Real Madrid when he did it all those years ago. And it was, it was, it was sorry to be cheesy and corny. It was football from the School of Science and it was it was a joy to watch and it just capped off what was an absolutely fantastic afternoon for us. And I think that third goal for me personally is going to have to be something special this season for that to not win goal Everton's goal of the season. Proper five side goal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was actually. Uh... Yeah, it's. Uh, I think McNeil's an interesting one. I think he probably needs a run, doesn't he, on the left? Not like don't switch him out to the right and stuff. Just keep keep him on the left hand side. Is that what he plays on the left? Isn't it? Yeah, like that yeah. that that little run he did for that goal. Like it was almost like, oh, that's why I thought you were good at Burnley. I, re- I remember yeah. you doing things like that on the on the left wing. You know, just sort of. And like it, it was mad to say because like he sort of looked quick all of a sudden, didn't it? Like he, he like yeah. took four or five steps. I was like, oh, he's quite. Quite quick with the ball at his feet when he gets going, but we haven't seen that anywhere near enough because he's been just cutting in all the time, hasn't he? Yeah, I, th- I can see why managers will play Gray or Gordon over him because they've got that sort of explosive part of the game, haven't they, where they can kind of make something from nothing. And I think he's he doesn't seem to be that sort of player, but I think he, he probably deserves a run just to see see what he can do. You know, if he, if he can do that, it's because a lot of the time it's about getting into the box, isn't it? And you sort, you sort of like when Gordon and Gray get the ball, you're saying just get into the box and see what happens. And if he can make runs like that and get into the box, it causes defenders no end of trouble because something's going to happen. You've got to get the tackle just right or he's going to skip past them or he'll get the foul. So I would like to see him given a run of games now because, you know, that's two two decent goals he scored there for us. Um, two goals so, of season contenders probably, aren't they? Like, yeah, they, were, they have been two belters like. But uh, yeah, just just quickly on the second goal as well. I was shouting like when it was getting passed across the box, just get rid. It was doing my head in, and then suddenly it got to Coleman. He plays that pass to Awobi, I think, and then the game just opens up. It's like, okay, all right, you can have that. It was John Stones vibes, wasn't it? When they were knocking it about in the box, yeah, it was. It really was. My dad got probably shouted down after that. So like we, I think we did it again, like after we'd scored. And he, he said exactly the same. Like, oh, stop messing around with it. And someone behind us went, that's how we just scored, didn't we? And he was like, very, very sheepishly said to me, like, oh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, Paul Colin Jones was, was shushed. But, yeah, I was I was the same. Uh, so I think I think my exact words at the time were, what's the point in having Calvert-Lewin? We're going to do this. Uh, yeah. Uh, Frank Lampard knows more about footy than all of us. We would have thought. Um, <laughs> let's move on to talk about... Uh, Fulham at the weekend. Uh, Warren, Marco Silva, manager of the season so far. 
you could probably say Fulham in seventh, only three points behind Newcastle, who spent, you know, hundreds of millions of pounds. Um, doing an amazing job there, isn't it? And it's going to be a, a really tricky game on our Saturday night. It's going to be a very, very difficult game. And do you know what? Fair play to him because talking to a few people on Saturday and then around us as well, we were talking about the upcoming games and most of the people I spoke to are all in agreement that he was probably a bit unlucky when he managed us. He had that great spell where we won a lot of big home games and at the time, Liverpool were at the best and, you know, we, we were, pro- well, we didn't deserve to lose and we didn't lose. You know, we, we put in one of our best or we got us one of our best derby performances in a long time. It was just a shame the way it sort of fell and broke away and maybe if we'd have shown the patience that we're now given Frank Lampard, maybe it could have been a different story. But I think out of all the managers we've had in the last few years, I think he's the one which there's a bit of affection there and a bit of sympathy for him because he was very unlucky and things just didn't go his way for us. But he's proven now what a great manager he is. I mean, to get that team up championship, first of all, the way he did was outstanding. And to get them playing the way he is, and they, they played some good sides, played some decent sides and picking up some great results. And if you're a Fulham fan right now, you're not thinking about relegation. You're thinking about staying up comfortably. Um, so it's going to be a very, very difficult game. But Les alluded to it earlier in the show. You know, this is a game where it is going to be tough. But you feel like if we can put on a similar performance or go in there with with a bit of a spring in our step, we can get something down there. So we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to hope. But I think certainly, you know, the way we are and where we are as a club at the moment, a point is in the worst result down there. And it goes, we were talking about earlier as well, about how last season we didn't get these points these draws that maybe we need. And if we'd have got four or five draws, you would have been comfortable in the end staying up. But it went to the second to last game of the season. So if we get a point out of this, for me, it's just another decent result on the journey to where we want to get to. And I think that's what you want to do. Isn't it? You want to you want to ultimately try and pick up a point on the road and, and win your home games. And if you can do that, you're generally okay. So as much as you'd love to, you know, say Everton should be going down to Fulham and winning. I think a point would be a brilliant result. And I think that he has got them playing Marco Silva absolutely brilliant. I've watched them a couple of times and I think they've been a I think they've gone under the radar a little bit as well. I think they've really have performed well. So all credit to them and it'll be a great game. I think it'll be a good Saturday evening game on on uh, on the weekend for us. Yeah. I think I wonder if we'll go back to the gentleman's agreement we had. <laughs> where we lose down there and win at home. <laughs> it's been a bit different in recent years, hasn't it? Because I think yeah, God, when they were up, they beat us as good as soon. And then we yeah. won 3 2 down there, didn't we? I think we went rogue one season, didn't we? And beat them down yeah. there. We, we won 3 1, I think, didn't we? Yeah. It was the same, I remember it was the same day that City beat United 6 1 at Old Trafford. I remember coming out the ground and someone saying the score. I was like, nah, that's, that's not right. <laughs> I think Drempha scored from about 30 yards for us. But, yeah. Uh, Go on, there, sorry. No, no, no. I just, I just, I'm just thinking about about Fulham. It's like they are doing well, and yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone's really got anything against Marco Silva because he was dead unlucky. You know, he he was trying to find his feet at a big club after um, after Watford. Things didn't really go his way uh, in, in some instances, like that that goal against Leicester. We were in thingy, weren't we, Portugal at that time? And you're staggy. Oh, yeah, we lost. It was 96 minutes, wasn't it? Something like that, yeah. It was just, it, it was one of those things that's a real kick in the plums for a manager. And, you know, the, the defeat at Millwall as well with the handball and no VAR, a lot of things did conspire against him. You can't. The Origi thing as well happened, didn't it? Yeah. That was it? Yeah. yeah, you know, ridiculous things like that. 
And you kind of think, I said it earlier in the season, it's it was Machiri's biggest bottle job that after chasing him for so long and saying that to me, man, he should have backed him more, I think. At the time, I wasn't particularly thinking that because it was like we dropped into the bottom three and it was, what, December, was it? Yeah, so Ferguson's first game was the Chelsea one, wasn't it? And... Yeah, and it was getting a bit like a bit sort of a bit close and I think everyone's bottle went a bit but I think that's that's where the chairman sort of or the sorry the owner that, that's that's where he's got to be the bigger person and, and, and back the manager and he didn't really which is quite unfair but um, yeah it's good to see he's doing well at Fulham but just, just looking at their results I don't really think we should have anything to worry about too much West Ham beat them 3-1 did you two all with Fulham um, 3-2 he won 3-2 against Forest. Beat 2 1 at Arsenal, beat 2 1 against Tottenham. So they're sort of, they won't beat Brighton 2 1. All the games have been close, apart from Villa, obviously, but um, <laughs> there was there was other factors of play in that game, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think we should go there worrying about them. I know a lot of people will, and it'll be like, oh, Christ, there we go. Marco Silva's going to, you know, give us what for and all that. But after the way we played at the weekend, I think we need to be going there positively. And you know, going at them, big part of their thing this season is that it's finally clicked in the Premier League for Mitrovic, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, after after years of looking too good for the champ, not good enough for the Prem, he's come in and got nine goals this season in eleven games, and he's really he's the man we've got to watch. You kind of think if you can, you know, if we can do the number on him, that will take a lot out of their team. Um, and you know, the game plan we've got, it's that that's the thing, isn't it? Nullify him, hit them on the break. I think that's. That's the thing we probably need to do there. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Because I think what I think made them do such a good job. Obviously, I think they spent money on that midfielder, Palini, didn't they? He looks like a, a really good player. But like you, you go through their side, and it, it, it's not too dissimilar, is it, to the ones that have, have been up and knocking around in the past? And like you said, Mitrovic has, has finally caught on in the Premier League. I think he's, well, he scored a record amount of goals, didn't he, last season? And yeah. champ as well. You know, you've got players like Tim Ream who's still knocking around in there, as something <laughs> looks like. Not like you know, poor McShane reincarnated. He actually looks like a, a half decent player again. And you know, I mean that that's sort of what Silver's about, wasn't it? You know, that, that was sort of the vision we were sold. That he was gonna you know, you're not gonna see someone who's necessarily full of personality or scream and shouting on the sidelines, but he is a very good coach who will make your players better. And that that didn't really happen for us. But I'm just, just thinking back, Warren, you know, I think for me with Silver, it was it was that summer, wasn't it, where we, we chased Zuma all the way through and didn't get him and ended up with with three centre backs and we lost the Gay and bought in Gabamon and Fabian Delph. And, you know, mm. I suppose less less said about that, them two, the better, really. And the core of that team that you mentioned that was just, you know, was, was beating teams like United 4 0, Arsenal, Chelsea towards the, the back end of that season. It was just kind of ripped out a little bit, wasn't it? And we didn't get that structure and that solidity back. Yeah, it, it goes back to our poor recruitment, doesn't it, over those years. And we, we weren't able to replace the players you mentioned that we had that season. And I think maybe if, you know, we will never know, but I think if he would would have got the the what they wanted out of Gabamon and what they hoped for out of Delph, it could have been a different story. But you know, that's in the past now. And I think you know, going back to what I said earlier, he was he was very unlucky. And it, it's it, you know, the majority of us, I think, have, have got good feelings towards him. So it is nice to see him do well. But you know, I agree with Les. I think we have got not to fear going down there. You, promoted clubs, you tend to get to this stage of the season. And you think they might have a little, you know, they might have a little boost because they've how well he played and they used to win in the championship. But when they, you know, when 
when the, the clocks go back and things like that, it's the old adage, isn't it? That you know that's when the, the thick of the season starts coming. So, you know, are they going to maintain that and keep that up? I don't know. And you'd hope that if they can't sustain that throughout the season, that this is the first game for them where you know we can go in there and, and get something. I think it'd be a massive win if we got something down there. And just very quickly, just moving on slightly. If we look at our next couple of games after Fulham, we've got Leicester at home, Bournemouth away. You know, I look at that and I think capable of getting a point to uh, Fulham, capable if we play like we did in the home game last against Palace, capable of beating Leicester, more than capable of beating Leicester. And then who knows, points or a win against Bournemouth, who was struggling. Now that takes us sitting in and 20 points and we're not even halfway through the season because obviously the World Cup's stopping us from reaching the halfway point. So, if we're, if we're getting close to 20 points at this stage of the season, then we've got two-thirds, if you like, of the season left. I think that bodes well in itself. So this is why I was saying it's so important that we try and pick up something. If we can get a win, I think that's massive. And I think, you know, a lot of people were talking about... I've seen a few interesting quotes on, on social media saying that, oh, if we don't, you know, after these defeats, if we don't get a win on Saturday, it's going to be another you know, get the flares and the, the smoke bombs out towards the end of the season. I think we're a million miles away from that. I really do. I look at some of the sides around us and I just, there's six or seven sides in, in that league and I think we're better than them and we've proven we're better than them already in this short space of time. So I'm not fearful. And if we do have the odds run of results where we're, we're losing or we're not getting it, then I'm confident enough in this squad that it's good enough to pull us out and he did that on Saturday. And as I said, if we can go here, there Saturday, pick up another point, I think that puts us on 14, is it? Yeah. With, with 14, with two games left before the, the, the World Cup starts, I think we're in a decent position and I think it, it's shown the improvements in the squad. So yeah, we, we should go into that game Saturday with, with all positivity and, and, and should be aggressive like we were on Saturday and, and go for it. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, just very quickly, Les, uh, Warren said you get Nathan Patterson straight back in there. Um, is that the only change you'd make? Or, you know, like you said before, didn't you? Dwight McNeil maybe deserves a yeah. run. It, it would be typical for Frank Lampard to stick with his team after three defeats and then after a 3 0 win, make a couple of changes. <laughs> but I think, I think it, you know, they feel like the only two that they maybe that, that he could make. I think so, yeah. I think, um, do you know what? After that win, the team probably deserves. Another crack at it, don't they? I think I think the time to make the changes was Saturday. I was surprised that he went with the same team. Um, that was the time to make the changes. I think when they just won three 0 you you either go with the team that started or go with the team that finished the game. For me, um, so yeah, I think they are they are the only two changes I probably would make. I probably would bring Patterson in if he's fit, and um, yeah, I'd give give McNeil a go. I think uh, see what he can do. Um, I was just quickly just quickly looking at Marco Silva. I always forget the, the chronology. Of these Everton managers, Jordan Mashiri. And he, he came in after Cooman and Allardyce. So he was like a peak basket case Everton there. <laughs> so and he's and he still had a 40% win ratio. Yeah. In all that. But yeah, I think I think as well. I said, I, I don't think we should go into this game worrying too much. I think we should go in and try and impose ourselves on the game. Look out for Mitrovic, of course. And you've got that other lad, haven't he? Um could overread. I think caused the problems last season, didn't he? Or the last time he played against us, he's um, you know, which we beat them down there. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's a couple of plays we've got to look out for. But yeah, you know, just just do our thing down there. FC Sexy's back. He's <laughs> sexy. is back. Indeed. Yeah. I, I just remember Silver on the sidelines at Anfield in his last game, and 
I think we all knew going into that game that he was going to be sacked and feeling dead sorry for him. It was like, God, you should have sacked him before this. You know, that was horrible, that wasn't it? I'd forgotten about that. It was like every attack. Yeah, I can't remember what the game was before for that, but I remember after that, it was like obvious he was going to be gone. And it was like, right, you, you, you're going to put him through this nonetheless. <laughs> you know, yeah, that was horrible. Got B5-2. I think Sadibi got dragged off after 20 minutes. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> one of many, many bad nights we've had to start down there. But uh, yeah, I, I fancy us on Saturday. What are we saying? We're going to go down there and win, Les? Yes. So it's a 2 0. 2 0. Warren? Yeah. I just think score draw. I just think that the evolution of the seventh team isn't quite at a point where we can, where we're good enough to, to expect to go down to a team on the up or a team in form and, and get a, get the three points. But listen, if if we can play like we did on Saturday and that's going to be hard to replicate as well we can't expect that every week but if we can put some sort of performance in and look we've got options on the bench now we've got players who we can bring on to, to change and adapt then of course we're more than capable of winning but I, I would take a score draw and I think it will be a score draw there we go yeah um, I tend to agree yeah but I think a positive result nonetheless uh, why not to keep the field factor going uh, like Les said FC Sexy is well and truly back uh, we will, of course, be building up to that game here on the Blue Room throughout the week, over on the Blue Room Extra as well, if you want to join us. Get a bit more content, it's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. Uh, weekend preview will be coming up on there tomorrow as we'll keep talking. Uh, Rob and Moe's doing a kickabout as well uh, on Thursday, so that should be out on usual feeds uh, later on in the week as well. So plenty to get stuck into ahead of the weekend. The Blues are boss, scoring great goals. Everyone wants to talk about them. It's been dead easy all week. So uh, take care. Of the toppies, and we'll see you again soon here on the Blue Room. Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.